With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today we're going to talk root cellars, otherwise known as a hole in the ground. I mean, how hard could it be, right? You just dig a hole? Yeah, that's a root cellar. That's a root cellar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a yes, little, little yes more Yes and that. no, there's some gray areas there. Um, basically, root cellars are, you know, before refrigeration, they get the name root cellar is because it's where you store your root vegetables. You could also say it's underground, kind of like roots are underground. Oh, I get what you're doing there. See what I did there? Yep. That's, you know. So the idea is people are like, well, you know, to get the perfect temperature, constant ground temperature, you actually need to dig 10 feet down. Right. And that's deep. It's 10 feet, deep. You're, you're working that shovel. Mm-hmm. And if you decide to do that, after the apocalypse, you probably don't have any heavy machines. But what else are you going to do with your time, right? I mean, sure, you're maybe hunting, gathering food, You've got all fighting your stuff off people, already. but you're already prepped, right? Mm-hmm. You're good. You well, got, we have freeze-dried food. We don't even need roots, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the idea is you want to keep it at a, at a constant temperature. Okay. Right. Yeah, that so sounds right. You want to keep the humidity down to a minimum. And... Uh, you want to have at least three sides encased by the ground. You could hypothetically do it in your basement, but yeah. that's not ideal. I have some recommendations of what you could do if you did do it in your basement. All right. But you're right. Um, another thing to think about is a root cellar. You're like, oh, well, you know, it's hot out and whatever, and, and how am I going to keep it when I, I can't dig 10 feet and whatever? Before you get excited and worked up, Realize you're really only storing things in a root cellar in the winter months, mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, that's it's meant to prolong your harvest. Right. So you gather your harvest at the end of the season, and the idea is to keep those vegetables going mm-hmm. so they're still, you know, good well into season when you're not growing. Mm-hmm. So that should give you a little peace of mind that, hey, we can make this work. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of ways to do it. Now, Kevin just mentioned that maybe you do a uh, basement root cellar, right? Mm-hmm. So if a root cellar is attached to the house, like for easy access, the best method is to use the foundation walls on the northeast corner mm-hmm. as the two sides of the root cellar. Um, build the other two stu- walls with stud and board and then insulate it to kind of keep right, that cold. Right, you want right? to store that. You want to uh, keep um, that temperature in, keep that cold in. 
the uh, and you can use like pipes and ducts to keep the heat out, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm talking about there is you can have vent pipes that go in and out. Mm-hmm. So it'll draw in the cold air and then let out the room. Now you're like, well, how can I do that? Is that magic? Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of is, and, and I don't really know. But one, if you're in the modern world, you can set up a fan mm-hmm. to actually draw in the blow air out from the, the top, outside. Blow in the bottom. Or mm-hmm. vice versa. You could put the fan at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, that would work. You guys might know about solar, and mm-hmm. you could work out a little. You know, a little solar fan wouldn't be that hard to, you know, work out. Nope. That's not, you know, the end of the world. So the idea would be you bring in some cold air at night. Right. And then and blow out the, the warm air. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that cold air is going to stay, you know, throughout the daytime and kind of balance out. And depending how well you insulate it, that, you know, should work out. So that's how you would go about it with the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's you do a lot better though building it in the ground, in the ground, yeah, and, and surrounded on four sides. So what else you got? Like, there's the simple man where you could uh, just do like a garbage can. Mm-hmm. People do that where uh, you know during the winter, use like a me- metal garbage can or or you know fifty five gallon drum. You dig the hole. Just dig a hole bigger than the can, drop it in, um, big enough, you know, so you can get the lid with about four inches would be enough, you uh-huh. know, at the top. Then what you would do is heap earth around, you know, the circumference, mm-hmm. add straw inside the can, then the crops, then straw again, and then cover with the lid. Then straw or plastic sheathing on top top of that. Yeah. And then your four inches. Right. And something like that is enough to keep your root vegetables, Mm -hmm. you know, going throughout the winter. That's a minimum. Yeah. That's when you're digging the hole after the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. Right. Right. Now, uh, I, um, a big part of this is when you're, when you're storing it, you want to be below the frost line. Now, the frost line is typically about four inches where we're at. Um, It can be a lot deeper the further north you go. You don't want your vegetables freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing. I think we do water lines at uh, 36 inches 36 inches, right. Is where we do a water line Mm -hmm. that we know is not going to freeze. Right. So, yeah. Four inches sounds a little risky to me. Yeah, we've had some cold weathers where it's gotten down to uh, 22 inches, I think, is the deepest I've ever seen it. Okay. You know, and So 36, is that safe cushion? That's safe. That's that's like Chuck who's paranoid, and when when I I do my meat butchering and stuff, I try and do four hours from 40 to 140, Mm -hmm. you know, from raw to cooked. Right. You know... I, I keep my window short, four uh-huh. hours. That's the same thing here where, you know, you keep that 36, you know you got it. Right. And you're saying, you know, usually 22 is about the... I think it's, yeah, it's the deepest For where we are, seen. and we're where up we're, north, you know, right. pretty far. You're down in Tennessee or something, it's not going to be as deep. Right, right. You know, and generally you're storing the vegetables. The only reason I mention this is generally you're storing the vegetables over the winter. Right. So, I mean... uh your vegetables freezing and unfreezing, not not a good look, you know? That's the thing. They say, you know, if your winter temperatures drop below 25, which 
we definitely way mm-hmm. below that. But they they usually recommend just you know make sure that it's below the the soil surface, mm-hmm. which is that four inches you're talking about, right? And that should maintain. Mm-hmm. But again, you you know we definitely have winters here where we'll be minus five for eight days in a row, mm-hmm. you know, nine days in a row. And I get all these calls that, Oh, all my water pipes are freezing and you know, whatever. Yep. But you know, you have to base it kind of on where you live and, and your location. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's other ways we can uh, do a root cellar. There's different ways where you can kind of dig it yourself and, yeah. and do that. Um, Basically, I mean, this is, you know, a lot easier if you have some kind of machine or you can rent or, you know, do maybe you have your own backhoe or, you know, a nice tractor with a bucket, that kind of thing. Um, Or maybe you have some strong kids who like to use picks and shovels, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So you would dig down in the ground and you basically dig a hole and it really can be whatever size you're going to need to store stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the deeper, the better. You know, we talked about you're going to maintain that constant temperature if once you get below like the 20 inches. It depends where you are, you right. know. Um, I mean, I know I said 10 feet and that's for true, you know, mm-hmm. true never change. But you can pretty much maintain in the winter. If you're below that 22, you're going to stay pretty decent. Um so you dig down in the ground. Uh, a lot of people will actually like build a shed or the house kind of thing over top of it. Right. It makes that roof uh, a lot easier. And do a trap door, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you always see like when you see the guys do the log cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. they always have the trap door in the floor to the root cellar kind of planned out. Right. But those guys, they always seem to be like in Alaska or some cold climate whenever mm-hmm. I see that. But... Yeah. You know, that's pretty sweet right there where mm-hmm. you just open up the floor. You don't got to go out digging in the snow. or mm-hmm. Right, know. right. You don't want to be in and out of the house if you can help it. So putting a hut over top of your root cellar, definitely not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And if you're building your small one-room cabin, you know, your secret getaway, your off-grid location. Right. A root cellar like that underneath is not a bad way to go. It's lots of stuff online. You can check that out, you know, for people who've done that. Um, but the, the other option, you could dig into the side of a hill. Mm-hmm. That makes excavating a lot easier. And, like, I mean, I dug a pond a couple of years back. I don't know if you guys remember, but one of the things I talked about is I went to, like, the lowest section kind of thing. I dug the hole, but... I dug everything I dug out. I built up a giant wall on the backside, mm-hmm. you know, right. so that it evened out. So everything I'm digging, I'm adding, adding to, the, to height. the height. So you're right. doubling what you're getting. And that's what you should be doing with the root cellar. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you're digging out of it is going to be what you're mounting on top of it or building up the sides with. Right. Um, you could, we talked about doing sod roofs. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad way to go. You can cut, you know, four-inch sod up there. And if you work it with ventilation, that's going to work pretty good. It's always going to be cool in the summer, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the cold in the winter. And you could really bring in the cold and store your vegetables, you know, long-term that way. Right. Now, a lot of people like to do the uh, uh, cinder block walls. Yeah. Just... I don't. Yeah, I don't have any uh, problem with that. Um, you want to set footings for that, though. 
and you want to make sure your your walls aren't going to buckle under the the weight of the earth. No, like I mean, it depends on your climate. Obviously, I agree with what Kevin's saying about you know you want a foundation kind of mm-hmm. thing, but just the same, especially if you're in an area where the ground freezes mm-hmm. and that's going to you know cause it to heave and shift and right. and things like that. In the south, you can get away with a little more. You know, you always see the shacks when you go down in the south and. You see people just kind of right on the ground, whatever, but that's because the ground's never freezing solid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a different world. But anytime you have a real solid foundation, it's going to be better. Um, you could also use like piling up rocks and center block, like Kevin was saying, but then you still want to surround it by sod around the outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could even do like hay and then sod, and that kind of stuff. You know, you can bulk it out with other stuff, but, you know, the thicker, the denser the material, the more it's going to do, you know, for insulation. But again, straw, you know, works for insulation. You know, mm-hmm. that air kind of holds. Right, if right. It's air is moving. the best insulator. Now, one thing that I, I want to point out real quick, uh, a lot of guys I've seen have uh, done this where they bury the Connex boxes. Yeah. Not a smart move. Really? Those walls are not designed for the, the vertical, the horizontal the pressure. It's the big thing. The, right. the sides cave in. Oh, also. Yeah, because yeah. okay. it's it's designed for pressure on top and, and on the bottom, but not for, it's for not horizontal even that. pressure. It's designed for pressure on the frame. Right. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So if you throw a bunch of dirt on the roof, it's going to collapse. Mm-hmm. You cave in a lot of dirt on the sides, it's going to collapse. And you don't realize how much pressure there is there right it's significant Mm -hmm. you know um another thing is to consider drainage and where you are and is it going to flood your Mm -hmm. root cellar um just be aware you know use common sense about you know you build it up on a hill you're going to be all right if you got the roof that's going to divert it yep um that kind of thing but yeah if you're in the giant valley and you haven't built up a roof that's higher Mm -hmm. and around it and a tunnel, you know, around the outside to divert it. Right. You're going to you have a hard time. You can end up with a real problem. Yeah. When I first uh, moved into my house, uh, every time we had a heavy rain, it would flood out. Mm-hmm. And it was just uh, just the lay of the land, you know, just everything sloping the wrong way. I ended up, uh, I tried all sorts of stuff and none of it really worked until I actually paid a guy with a bulldozer to regrade my entire yard. Turns out that cost a thousand bucks, but man, that was that was problem solved afterward. After that, yeah. See, I'd be out there for two summers with a freaking shovel, Mm -hmm. and I would actually lose my earning potential of about eight thousand dollars. Right, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I saved that thousand (laughs) dollars. I'm so smart." Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So now that we've kind of figured out what and how a root cellar is, let's talk a little bit about what to do inside. Like, how do we set it up? All right. Um, there's a couple of different options. The one thing you're going to want to build a, like a shelving system. Mm-hmm. Now, the shelves should be made out of wood. Um, what happens there is uh, wood doesn't uh, conduct or, yeah, it doesn't transfer the temperature like metal shelves do. Um, so that can be a big thing. The uh, it basically doesn't conduct heat or cold, you know, as rapidly like metal shelves. So you'll get like freezer burn or things. It, it'll keep it all more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, air circulation is critical for minimizing like air airborne mold, 
that kind of stuff. You know, you always see the potatoes and they get all nasty. And, yeah. You know, when they're not stored. I know my mom, when I was a kid, used to have like the wood potato box. Yeah, I remember those. And it was always yep. filled with moldy, nasty <laughs> moldy potatoes. potatoes. No, it could be because she used them once every two years because she mm -hmm. didn't know how to cook. Right. There might be that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know. Um, so circulation is huge. Uh, the shelves should uh, be like one to three inches away from the walls. Mm-hmm. Because that'll actually, you know, you need that airflow in between again. Right, right. It needs, to, it needs to breathe a little bit there. Um, packed earth is actually the preferred flooring for a root cellar. Concrete works good and is practical, but believe it or not, the earth actually helps dissipate the humidity and, and you know, even keep things even. Mm -hmm. Um. Every root cellar should have like a thermometer and a hydrometer. Just kind of keep an eye on things and really even almost check daily just to make sure things aren't getting away from you. Mm -hmm. um, but you basically and then heat is usually regulated, like I was mentioning, how you can work out exhaust mm -hmm. where you can kind of set up a fan with the cold. And actually the different air temperatures, just opening and closing a flap. Mm -hmm. At night, we'll draw in, you know, the cold air. It's just that a fan could make it better. You know, that's why I was saying, you know, it might be nice. Um, also, like, think about where you place the produce. Um, the driest, warmest air is closer to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. The more humid air is, is going to be lower or farthest away from the door and, and you know, lower to the ground. Um, different, you know, crops will want different you know, preferences. Mm -hmm. So like, how do we go about storing like the crops? Like what vegetables do good in a root cellar or what are we doing there? Yeah. Well, um, or am I asking the wrong question? No, that's, that's right. That's right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, talk about vegetables, uh, first. Let's talk about fruits and vegetables. All right, so apples will store two to seven months, depending on what type of apple you use. Okay. So, I mean, it, storing an apple for seven months is, is pretty impressive if you can do that. You want to start with the um, the tart apples, not the sweeter ones. The sweeter ones will go bad first. Okay. Um, beets are really good. Uh, the last three to five months in a root cellar. Uh, broccoli is only going to last about one to two weeks. I mean, that's... That's just broccoli just doesn't have that great of a, a shelf life. Uh, three to five weeks with Brussels sprouts. Cabbage will last uh, three to five weeks. Um, carrots, uh, carrots, you can actually store them in the ground where you grow them. Really? Yeah, if you're buying them from the store, you know they'll they'll last four to six months in your root cellar. But if you uh, if you're just growing your own, them. if you're growing yeah, if you're growing your own uh, carrots, you can just leave them in the ground and dig them out of the ground when you want them. Um, that's assuming you can chisel through the ice in the snow. And, yeah, and get to it, right? Squash is four to six months. Onion, five to eight months. Garlic is really good, five to eight months on garlic. Uh, dried beans, you can basically keep them forever. I, a year is, is an appropriate time, but I think that that's really just because, uh, I mean, how long are you going to keep those, be those beans? I think what they do, like they say, if you're going to uh, uh, store beans forever mm -hmm. you know you want them to be like your 25 year freeze dried you know mm -hmm. long-term storage um what you can do is uh 
they have those mylar bags. Uh-huh. And you actually want to put them in there. That keeps the humidity and stuff from changing, and it prevents new oxygen from getting into right. it. Um, if you basically put it in the mylar bags, then drop it in a five-gallon bucket with a lid and close it up, mm-hmm. then I would say your beans are going to last. Your beans are good, yeah. It's probably uh, just star- storing them open in your root cellar is probably not the best the best way you can go again, about it. if you're trying to get through a season for beans, It'll you're going to be good. Yep. Uh, radish is two to three months. Okay. Now, we talked about beets. Radish and turnips, they're they are about the same to me. I'm not, not interested. Uh, I've eaten, you know, a lot of awful shit. Uh, when you get hungry enough, you know, dog doesn't taste that bad. The Kevin, same thing with Kevin, radishes. Kevin. I'd have to be starving. So you're saying dog and radishes are right? <laughs> about equivalent. About equivalent. Uh-huh. Uh, turnips are... are uh, four to six months the last in your root cellar. All right. Uh, same with potatoes. So I think you're getting here uh, uh, pears, actually, two to three months. I wouldn't have thought with me. all that sugar, yeah. Right, right. But, uh, you know, your longest, your best bets are the, are the root vegetables. You know, the potatoes, the carrots, um, you know, the the uh, the beets and the, and the uh, turnips. You know, those are really the things that, that will do the best. Um, it's just that most of them taste awful, you know? Now, I like french fries. Hey, nobody's... But then again, you cook anything in fat, yeah. and you might get me excited, I, you know? I have to say that I'm I'm a very healthy eater. Mm-hmm. You know, I stay away from sugar. You know, I don't I don't drink Kool-Aid and, and stuff like that. I don't eat, eat candy. But man, French fries—that's my weakness. French fries are everybody's weakness. <laughs> I just can't help it. They—they they said uh, some documentary I heard about McDonald's. They were like, you know, people come in whatever, but everybody leaves with French fries. Everybody likes the French and fries. And I think one of the secrets I heard is they used to—they uh, couldn't do whoever was selling them the oil couldn't afford like homogenized vegetable oil or whatever. I don't know. And so they would actually cook it with a little beef fat. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be the key to McDonald's French fries. Right, right. With the oil has a little beef fat mm-hmm. in it. And just gives it that little something more. Mm-hmm. But you know, I got to say, McDonald's French fries are not what they used to be 10, 15 yeah, years ago. Yeah, something's changed there. Something's changed. I, I really actually can go without them. Mm-hmm. I'm good now. But it used to be they were the dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and then... I don't know. But French fries, you know, I grew up in Canada a little bit as a kid. And, uh, oh, the vinegar. The vinegar and, you know, salt. Mayonnaise was the jam Man, up there, you too. Know? I could never get into the mayonnaise. It's, you know, it's a different world. I feel bad for the Canadians, though. People with the tartar sauce, uh-huh. whatever they got to do with the, the vinegar. The fancy and, sauce. Man, I, I think we got off topic there a little bit. Sorry. Now, one of the things, too, with the root vegetables. Oh, is, wait, one more thing about potatoes. Oh, we're back on french fries? I, I'm not done with potatoes. All right. Now, potatoes go better with bacon and onion, <laughs> and yes. you chop them now, up nice. Believe it or not, that you can survive. You can't survive on rabbit forever. You'll starve to death. But potatoes, you can eat potatoes forever. Forever. Right. And if you're only, your, your diet is only consists of potatoes, you're going to survive. Now, You'll make it. I was actually listening to a prepper book an audiobook, whatever, and uh, they were talking about 
that once like you know everybody eats when they're starving and that you know three weeks into the apocalypse everybody's run out of food Mm -hmm. you got to remember to save your potatoes yeah you need those to start over Mm -hmm. and potatoes are huge yep for feeding a lot of people Mm -hmm. if you eat them all that's it they're Mm -hmm. gone you don't have any seeds right. or anything. Right. Root, potatoes basically cream. are a seed. All you got to do is bury them and you got more potatoes. And you got more potatoes. Mm-hmm. And you can cut one potato up. Anything with an eye mm-hmm. is new potatoes. Right. And potatoes, not even potato. Right. So, and that's each eye. Mm-hmm. You can cut one potato, get like 10 plants or mm-hmm. six or seven anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just saying in the apocalypse, don't forget to save your potatoes. But French fries are so when, good. When people are like, oh, God, I got to go to the grocery store and I'm buying all the canned food. Mm-hmm. You go over to the potatoes. Right. And grab yourself a sack because that's how you're going to survive the apocalypse. Amen, brother. All right. You know what? Right there. If you get nothing else from this episode, right there is value, my friend. Mm hmm. That that's what's gonna take you. Yeah. When the power goes out and every, there's a rush on the uh, grocery store, head for the potatoes. Head for the potatoes. Mm-hmm. They like sandy soil. Just saying. Just saying. Mm-hmm. All I know is Ireland. There yeah. was some kind of thing. Yeah. There was a there was a blight. A blight. There was, there was a potato famine. <laughs> but if you get to the grocery store first, that's mm-hmm. what you want to do. Yeah. Now another thing, you're gonna be tempted. Actually, I wouldn't be, but somebody might be tempted to wash their vegetables before they put them in the right. root cellar. You basically want to kick the dirt off, Any and that's about clumps. it. Right. Let them, you know, store the way they are, natural kind of thing. Right. Just brush off the big stuff and throw it, you know, in the pile because you don't want to get them clean or they'll actually end up rotting faster. So, right. Now, bit, also, the um, pros. When you're storing your produce, yes. When you're picking which ones you're going to store and which ones are, you want to take, you want to treat them gently. You want to be kind to your vegetables. Any little bruise is going to become rot. Any yes. little nick in the in the skin is going to become rot, and it's going to spread. So only store your pristine, pristine vegetables, gotta, fruits, and vegetables. So you just want to eat the other ones first. But I do know from firsthand experience. When I'm helping the wife out in the garden, I always toss all the vegetables. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it actually ends bad, but I know it ends bad for me. Right. Yes. I know when I throw the vegetables into the bin, I get, oh, my God, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah, you're some sort of lunatic. Who does what that? What are you doing? <laughs> Who acts that way, And Chuck? I'm like, oh, shit, sorry. Mm-hmm. Gentle, gentle in the bin. Right. You got to take care of it because the bruising, it really does take its toll and, you know, right. add up. And you want your produce, uh, you want it ripe. You don't want it before. You don't want it, you know, not quite ripe. You don't want it uh, just after being ripe. You want it, you want to pick it just when it's just right. So. Yeah, but if I pick it the day before, the chipmunks don't fucking eat it on me. Ah, those bastards. If I wait till the day it's just uh-huh. ripe, damn it, they're gone. I'll tell you what, man. I was I I've been growing I come strawberries. Out and all the tomatoes have big bites out of them, mm-hmm. and they don't the, even eat the whole thing. Oh, you see the pile they go from potato from from tomato to tomato. You see the pile of tomato skins laying mm-hmm. there, and you're like, really, really, dude. Dick. 
You know, I, yeah, I was growing uh, strawberries for okay. for probably three years, no problems. And then one day I saw one squirrel out there eating the eating the strawberries, and he just went around and told all his friends. And after that, I've never been able to grow strawberries and get and ever any out since of them. Kevin has been getting fat eating squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> but right. Um, now you want to store most vegetables immediately after harvesting. Okay. Most vegetables. That's not all of them. We'll get back to that one. We're going to circle around. You're going to want to trim off the excess stem, but you're going to want to leave about an inch uh, of stem left on your vegetables. The reason The reason is any sort of little nick in the the skin of the the vegetable or the fruit is that's going to be the weak point, and that's where it's going to start rotting quick. So you want to be very careful with it. Um, now let's talk real quick about curing vegetables for your root cellar. Tell me about that. Most vegetables can just go right in. Um, but you can help to prolong the life of your vegetables if you, if you, uh, get them ready for storage before you put them in your root cellar. Um, curing vegetables helps toughen up the skin and helps make it last longer. And there's different ways for different, different vegetables and fruits. All right, so sweet potatoes, uh, you should keep it in a warm, humid place for 7 to 10 days. And like I said, that's going to toughen up the skin. Um, Onions and garlic should sit in the sun for about a week. Really? Yeah, right, before you put it in your your root cellar. Now, garlic, I'm always told, has to be in the cold, dark place. But you're saying give it a week first? Give it a week first. All right. right. Pumpkin, pumpkins and squash should cure in the sun for two weeks also before you put them in your root cellar. Right. I do have another tidbit that my notes I had highlighted. You want to store cabbage and turnips in a separate root cellar because they stink. Okay. It's like when you go to the bagel store and you get the everything bagel and throw it in with the plain bagels. And they're all And they all taste like... Exactly. They all are stinky. Um, Another thing, like uh, we talked about fruit, you know, apples and pears we had mentioned, um, they should be wrapped in paper, mm-hmm. and this will actually slow the release of the ethylene gas, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically as it's kind of rotting or, right. you know, spoiling, um, but that can also mess, cause other fruit and other vegetables to rot right, and spoil quicker. So just right. something to keep in mind, little, you know. Yeah. Now, you know how... Um... When you go to the grocery store, they have those little misters where they spray that mist on on the vegetables in the produce section. Not a fantastic idea. It makes them. It actually makes them go bad faster. They just look fresher. Oh, secret of the yeah. pros! So right you want to you want to you want to keep them dry. Now, there is one thing that I learned from Axel Rose. Okay, back in the just day. one thing, just one thing. He taught me all sorts all of kinds stuff. of stuff. <laughs> That it turns out you want to inspect your stuff daily, mm-hmm. kind of go through, move stuff around, look what's going on. Right. One, make sure no bad critters or anything are getting in there. But also, if anything looks like it's starting to spoil or rot, you want to get it the hell out because mm-hmm. one apple can spoil the whole damn bunch. That's right. <laughs> Fucking axle. Nailed it. <laughs> um. Now that's yeah. a thing, though. And that's that's true. Though. You see that at home, like you know, you you have the fruit sitting on the counter, and as soon as one goes bad, 
It's just like they all spread and it contaminates. Right. You got to kind of be paying attention. Yeah. You got to eat on the top of stuff. You know, if you're if you're doing the root cellar right, you're eating almost rotting vegetables all the time because you want to be taking those ones out first. And you don't want your vegetables and your fruits touching each other. Not I mean not vegetables and fruits, but I mean every every individual piece of food should have it That's a little bit of space. That's why those nice wood shelves you made. Mm-hmm. Now, in a perfect world, I, again, I know people do what they do and whatever. You don't want to use pressure treated. Mm-hmm. You want to use nice wood that you can, you know. Right. But, you and know, cedar's, whatever. cedar's good for that. Now, it's a little bit expensive. Some of you might be saying, well, you know what? They don't use arsenic to treat uh, pressure treated wood anymore. That's a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. And you might tell me about how it's salt water, brined, and this and that. Mm-hmm. But, you know what? Don't use treated. Yeah. And you'll thank me later. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you're people that you're feeding are really annoying, then maybe you'll thank me. Yeah, I, you know? a little bit of cancer is not bad. No. And no. I mean, you know, olden days. That's what I, I, I just read this thing about Australians are uh, now starting to die of cancer, and they're like, oh, this is really bad. And they were like, no, it was because they were never living long enough. The never living long cancer, enough to get cancer. To get cancer. Yeah. Now I did get an email from a from an um, Australian, an Australian that said we don't spend enough time making fun of Australians. Well, you know, I'm willing to step up our game. Yeah. I mean, I I'm gonna I'm gonna you know next for next week I'm gonna write up some some jokes. You're gonna to have to write up some jokes because yeah. I don't feel like I have any. Well, the, the problem, yeah, the problem is it's hard to make fun of Australians because like to them, cunt is a compliment. You know. I don't even know where to go from there. That's like that's the as far as I can go. I don't even know where you go from that. There's a reason all the sailors were excited to pull into Australia because the women were like, "Oh, here come the real men!" Ooh, burn! <laughs> yeah, we'll get some hate mail. That's now, right. I think that's good. I was good. told that it's because we have manners. Oh, is that what it is? Well, and I'll tell you one thing. One but dis- I'm not sure that's something like I would brag about. <laughs> I'd rather be the guy who's like, well, we still get the ladies, but we don't have any manners. Right. Rather than, well, yeah. I'm yeah, too- I mean, Axel Rose taught me that. Axel Rose. <laughs> it goes back. It's come full circle. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, now the one disgusting thing I did notice about the Australian Navy is is they don't wear undershirts. You know about this? I didn't they just know wear about the this. wool like right on their skin. Right, they're all in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. All right, that's something to note. Mm-hmm. That's not what I would do, but you know, whatever. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Now, are are we all caught up on our root cellars? I think we are. All right. Now you said we got an email from Joe. Yeah. Joe wanted to do a, another episode on uh, American badasses, American like historical. Badasses. Now, I th- I put out the call because I, I really felt like there was a need for it about, uh, you know, Canadian, doing a show on Canadian badasses. You did mention it. And you know what? I think they were so embarrassed that they didn't have any real badasses. We had, we had zero responses. That or we don't have any Canadian listeners. Mm-hmm. I could check our... No, we've got plenty. Oh, we do? Yeah. They just, uh, apparently they don't have anybody to talk about. Or any balls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I might bring up the the uh, the sniper with the 
furthest distance uh, shot with a confirmed kill. Yeah, I saw that. That's not. Apparently not. Apparently mm-hmm. they don't like that guy. Fuck him. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, we could do possibly do a show about uh, Australians, Austra- Australian badasses. Crocodile think, Dundee, right? Yeah, but I think they lost a war to birds at some point. <laughs> Is that what happened? There's like an ostrich war that they then didn't they win. gave up their guns and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. They're afraid of frogs over there. Is that Is what there, I heard? I have. I don't know anything about that. They have some kind of they lick frogs or I don't. I don't know what's mm. happening. Are those the gay frogs? They're the licking. <laughs> I don't. I don't... <laughs> Alex Jones had something to say about it. I don't remember exactly <laughs> All right, how that goes. Enough. But uh, so we might look into that. I don't know if there are any American badasses. That, are there? There's a couple left. There are a couple yeah, We left. haven't talked about Alvin York. Alvin York. Mm. Nice. Um, now, if you guys want to get a hold of us and tell us about your favorite badass from your country, because ah. we've got America covered. Yeah, we got America covered? Right. If you want to tell us about your favorite badass from your country, now, I know we've got a lot of Chinese listeners. Really? Yeah, specifically 92 downloads in Beijing consistently for every episode we do, and I don't know that it has anything to do with anybody actually listening but to our podcast. But it keeps our stats up, and uh-huh. I like that. I feel right. solid. Right. I just I just feel like they're trying to, trying to figure something out, trying for us to slip up a little bit. Yeah. You know? find out about the infrastructure i'm not sure the infrastructure yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure but uh we're not going to do a show Kevin might give some water supply insights Mm -hmm. who knows what could happen ip man was legit though ip man Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's where it all started (laughs) (laughs) you taught bruce lee everything he knows but if you guys want to talk if you guys want to uh let us know about your favorite badass. Email us at preppingbadass.com. Uh, prepping, prepping I'm sorry, badass preppingbadass at, gmail. at gmail.com. Dot com. Let us know. All right. Now, I actually want to point out, you guys know we always mention Tag Pack. Mm-hmm. And I've actually heard from some listeners that you guys are actually purchasing it. Um, Get that free gun cleaning mat. Yeah, I now like what, it. What's the, uh, we what's get some the cool stuff that? through uh, that. So... What you do is when you sign up for your monthly subscription, if you put in the code BADASS, Mm -hmm. you're going to get a free gun cleaning mat. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool looking. And it's nice to lay your shit out. You know how those springs always shoot out of your AR-15? Right, they're just firing off and you never find them again. You undo the stock, bam, Uh there goes the spring. And you undo the pistol grip, there goes the spring. Mm -hmm. You undo the barrel, spring. You know, so these things, it matters. Um, you want to kind of keep your shit organized. Tack packs there to help you out. Plus, they actually come with a lot of those supplies that you might be losing across the living room. Right, could be coming in the next tack pack. That's I don't right. even know. Now, when... I mean, it's always a surprise. That's mm-hmm. why I like it because each month when I open it up, I'm like, "What could it be?" Bam! There's some springs that I just shot across the room. The ones you're missing. The ones I was missing. Yeah. The other day, I was all like, oh, you know, I need to get a, I don't even know what it was. There was some part I was dying. Oh, a muzzle brake. Mm-hmm. And then, sure enough, the next tack pack, there's a muzzle brake. And mm-hmm. I'm like, nailed it. And it could be because they send all the parts to kind of get you there. 
and I was that was the one they hadn't sent me yet. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what their genius is on their end. I just know that when I need something, it usually mm-hmm. shows up in the mailbox. Yeah. Now I know uh, with Tac Pack, I've always I've always had a preference preference for certain types of knives. They and got you covered. They they always send me new things to stretch your boundaries. And I didn't realize that I loved a knife with a sheep foot blade. Ooh. A sheep foot blade is is designed for cutting and not stabbing. So you don't accident accidentally stab yourself when you're trying to do something stupid. Now you're looking to not stab yourself, and I'm looking to stab everything. <laughs> well, so... it's not it's not ideal for stabbing other people. Okay. So I mean, there is that. There is not 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 great for knife fighting. Knife fighting, but all the other use is pretty pretty good. And you probably have another knife for your knife fighting. Yeah, I do. I all do. right, got so, the got the Bowie knife. I got a nice uh, deer hunting uh, knife. Came in the mail. Mm-hmm. Had you know the zipper I was talking about last time, right. and a nice scraper on the back, some kind of bone handle or something, mm-hmm. and like handmade in Bangladesh or something. Oh, nice, nice. So you know. Finest knife that they paid three cents an hour. Thirteen dollars could buy, handmade, uh-huh. handmade, handmade. That's right. Beautiful. So, I'm just saying. Now, uh, when you order uh, your tack pack, yeah, and you t- enter the code badass, badass. Yep, you're gonna get the gun mat, but the gun mat is gonna come separately. No. So when you get your tack pack, you're not gonna get the gun mat with it. It's gonna come in the mail at a different date, maybe before, maybe after. All right, that and I know you guys love listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to support us on Patreon, get mm-hmm. some new uh, patches. Yeah, yep. yep. Uh, not that they're different than the patches you would have already gotten if you subscribed on Patreon. But right. I'm just saying it might be new to you. New to you if you haven't subscribed. Speaking of awesome haven't... patches, mm-hmm. and now that we're just talking about nonsense, yeah, I got a Giselle or Gazelle. I don't know how you say it, but trigger. Okay. And it said, oh, when you buy this, you get a swag pack. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You're going to send me a sticker or what? Mm -hmm. I get it the other day, my new trigger. Fancy, right? I'm pretty Mm -hmm. excited. I haven't put it in yet, but it's it's, I'm excited. All right. Sent me a hat. I'm like, hat? Nice. And it's like nice embroidered. The whole thing, nice. Mm -hmm. Right? Not just like a trucker foam, you know, nonsense. It's nice. Sent me about eight stickers, about six different patches. Sent me some kind of like put at the end of your zipper pull and all kinds of shit. I was like, what? You guys are killing it. Dude, it was like $40 in freaking swag. Swag. You know what it is? I think it's because they knew I was a badass. Mm -hmm. And they were like, I'm going to take care of that guy. Right, right. Dude, I went night before I came tonight. I went and got a deli sandwich for the old lady mm-hmm. so she could have dinner while I'm off here, whatever. Mm-hmm. I go, I have him make it. Guy hands it to me. He's like, brother, this one's a beast. I really put it together for you. It's going to work out great. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's the beard. I'm it's got to be the beard. Like, you know what? I got to take mm-hmm. care of this guy. You know, somebody actually stopped me yesterday. I was like, to, hey. Just to tell me that my beard was fantastic. Dude, you look like GI fucking Joe. Uh-huh. Now he had he had a legit mustache, like a a Magnum PI mustache. Nice. So I mean, you know, skill recognizes skill. That I I hear you. 
Now, I feel like some people tell me, oh, once you start talking about the ads and stuff at the end, they cut it out. Yeah. But I don't know why you would turn it away from this gold. (laughs) (laughs) This is sheer gold right You should have turned this off about 15 minutes ago. Yeah, more like six. How far are are we into the show? We're far enough. Yeah, you should have turned it off about 40 minutes ago. <laughs> just the, the intro. Once you get past the intro music, you've yeah, got the rest too is far. trash. <laughs> All right. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.